Hello and welcome to the Green Pole podcast and I'm delighted to be joined by Frankie P. Taylor and our very own Max Cohen from the States to discuss our 3-2 win over the bus stop in Hounslow yesterday at the cottage. Max, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. You know, I think that's what the Premier League is all about. Last minute winner over Brentford. Uh, we've had a lot of pain in the Premier League for the past couple seasons. couple seasons we've been up, but I think a moment like that yesterday makes it all worth it. Um, especially after throwing away a 2-0 lead to win it at the death over Brentford. It's a perfect way to spend a Saturday. Yeah, a bit nervy times when they pulled it back. <laughs> uh, Frankie, how are you feeling today? Uh, yeah, well, better after yesterday. I mean, just to, just to go off there, it's even sweeter that Brentford have had the almost the bragging rights in the championship games in the last few years. And now the playoff final in the first Premier League game, we've had their, uh, we've had to send them home unhappy. So uh, yeah, I'm over the mood. Yeah, sending sending them home unhappy uh, makes my heart bleed. It does. <laughs> um, right, let's talk about the goals. Uh, Max, we'll start with you. Uh, the first goal. What do you make of it? It's just madness. You know, I, I didn't even sink in that we'd scored you know 45 seconds of the match, um, but. Obviously, great play by Pereira to, to get the ball and surge forward in the attacking area. I thought he was excellent yesterday. And the outlet pass to Micho was good. And at that point, it's all about, you know, players just, just following rebounds, doing exactly what the manager wants them to do, is to not just be static. And I think that's when you saw the slow motion replay of Bobby Reed. You know, he gets a lot of stick from supporters. And, you know, that's been myself included when he's been misfiring. But everyone else is standing still, just rooted to the ground. And Bobby Reed's the only one who's actually moving, wants to get a goal, has that, you know, striker's instinct. And it's not the prettiest of finishes, you know, all off the ground. But, you know, I think a lot of people say when it's a volley like that, the best thing you can do is hit it off the ground um, just to fool the keeper. And it was just pandemonium one minute in to, to, to be in the lead, especially after Brentford. Everyone's talking about them. Oh, 4 0 of United, you know, Brentford, this is the side, which is really going to cause problems. We're in the lead. And it was amazing. Yeah. And, I think they showed a clip on it on a match of the day, actually, last night. Within the first sort of 30, 40 seconds, there were seven Fulham players in their last third. And, you know, if ever you want to start a derby, the best way is to do it within 40-odd seconds. Um, but I thought Stansfield was quite unlucky because um, he, he had that shot which got deflected onto the bar. And that would have been one way to make a statement uh, on his first Premier League start winning, Frankie. Uh, yeah, I think it's the it's the moment we all dream of, is it, on, your, on your full debut in the Premier League. That um, yeah, you're able to score score a goal in the local derby. Like you you can't write those stories. Um, but yeah, it was just to go off that. My point got stolen a little bit in that the amount of bodies we had in the box. The moment I think Bobby touches the ball there's five players in the box with a couple more on the edge and it's the first minute of the game it was real attacking intent um and you you make chances that way when you the more players you have in the box if there is some sort of chaos like there was in that goal the, you just increase your odds of uh of the ball falling to a full player and thankfully bobby was there to uh to put it past david Ryer just pandemonium and admittedly I was actually walking into the stand when uh, the goal <laughs> went in and I nearly ended up on the pitch um, but it was a, a fantastic fantastic way to start it now the second goal Max um, it's the octopus legs um, which he's known as on on here Paulinho but actually scoring with his head um, tell me a bit more about that one 
Yeah, I think um, that's the type of goal I think we've seen a lot in preseason from Fulham. The set pieces, the corner whipped in by, by Pereira, I believe it was, and just smacked off his forehead. I mean, perfect connection. You can't ask for anything better there um, from Paulinha. It was funny because I didn't know if it was Mitro or Paulinha who got the goal because they both, if, if Paulinha doesn't get that, Mitro is also banging that one in right behind him. Uh, but that's just a, such a satisfying goal to watch it as a supporter out to in corner back the way it came from um, and, and it was excellent and that came just a couple minutes after Meacher had the ball in the net right for that disallowed goal so it kind of builds on that that pattern you guys are talking about how strongly we started the match how many chances we had we're all over Brentford um, and, and the 2 no lead well, you know 20 odd minutes in completely deserved yeah and it didn't flat, flatter us at all did it um, no. now Frankie Paulinia he's got off the mark from set pieces this year, he's going to be a throw, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we all know about Stuart Gray's sort of work he does seems to be purely on set pieces, but my God, is it worth it? Because we were incredible in the championship last season and we're already showing that threat this year. And I think one thing before we even signed Andres Pereira is I had completely underestimated his ability to whip whip a dead ball. My God, the delivery is near perfection almost every single time. It's superb. Uh, but what a header from Jean-Pelinia. I mean, he's already one of the bigger players on the pitch, but he can jump up as well and absolutely bury that header home. But yeah, set pieces are going to be massive for us all season. I mean, I predicted a 1-0 with, from, a set piece, uh, from a set piece goal, but I weren't expecting all of the goals that, uh, that followed. Um, but after that goal, I might have to change the, uh, change the P by Deepole to, uh, to, to Paulinho. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better, Frankie. It does sound better. Gives me a little spice. Yeah. <laughs> you may just have to change your whole name on Twitter. Frankie <laughs> Paulinho Taylor. I'll do it. <laughs> Right, so Max, as you pointed out at the start, when it they, when they got back to two two, um, tell me what you were thinking because you know Fulham of the past would have just capitulated, I think. Um, yeah. But what were your thoughts when it went to two two? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was it was coming, and I don't know about that Tony goal, which is called offside, I and mean, the first one where, where Tosin, I think we have to say he's completely to blame for just ball watching, holding his hand up in the air, saying ref flagging offside and just is nowhere near close enough to Tony. That goal, I thought that was onside. I'm not sure. I think it was very tight. But it was definitely I mean, offside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get a pass <laughs> there. <we> <laughs> Listen, um, Brentford were just all over us. The goal before halftime was just a killer in terms of mentality, right? Because that just swung momentum towards them. Yeah. And they just picked up right where they started off, started the second half. I really thought they were going to go to win it 3-2. I had completely lost faith because, you know, as we saw out there, the players look just tired. We have a very, very weak bench. You know, the injuries have been terrible to the attacking positions. And I, I just didn't see how we turn it around, honestly. Um, and when Tony finally got a second goal and then does the Micho celebration, you know, in, in front of the Brentford support, that, that, that killed me. I was like, no, I've just, I'd seen this movie before and thought <laughs> that, you know, the, the, the momentum was just gone. I, I, I was deflated. Yeah, but we, we did show real courage. And just to pick up on your point about the bench, I don't know about, I'm going to ask Frankie this in a sec, but I sat there at 2-2 and, uh, you know, I was sitting next to my mum, my dad and my son. And I said to my mum, like, there's no one on the bench that's going to come on and change it. We, we have no attacking threat. 
yeah, you've got Tom Kearney, but you know, it's it's not as an an attacking substitution that you actually want um, if you need a goal. But then those that double substitution from Silva to bring in Mbappe and Kearney was was just fantastic. How important were those subs, Frankie, in getting us that win? Yeah, I think it swung the game back into our favour going into the final 10 minutes. Um, I was thinking about the hour mark, like, oh, it's, it's the exact kind of situation where we need to make a change, but we just can't. We don't really have anything there. Um, but Mbabu and Kearney changed, changed the game. TC in particular, he gets a lot of stick sometimes for his uh, maybe his athletic ability, the, the speed sometimes in the Premier League, but... When you need it, when you need to try and control the ball and take care of the take care of the ball, it massively massively helped us that final ten minutes. And obviously, Mbappe's delivery for that Mitrovic uh, Mitrovic winner was unbelievable. And again, it was just a good quality delivery. That's all you need. Like put it on a plate, and someone will put it in. Whether it's Paulinho's big forehead or, or Mitrovic <laughs> big forehead, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a thing of beauty, and he was unfortunate not to get an assist maybe five minutes before that. Uh, I mean, I'd be surprised if Mbappe's not knocking on the door for a start at Arsenal next weekend. Yeah, that header from Mitrovic, I think it was about five, six minutes before. It's, it was almost a carbon copy of the winner, but if Mitrovic headers that anywhere else, now credit, you know, credit where credit's due. It's a good save from Raya, but if Mitrovic heads that down or heads it any further towards the post, it's in. And then yeah. just going on in Babu, his delivery is exceptional. He's in, even in a friendly against Villarreal and whenever he has come on, I don't think he's ever put a cross wrong. His delivery is frighteningly good. Um, and do you, want to, do you think he'll start on, on Saturday then, Frankie? I th- he has to, right? He has to. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what Silva will see tactically. It'd be up against Martinelli, I, I guess, on, uh, left uh, on that left-hand side. I guess Arsenal's left, our right. Um, he may, he may want the more combative Tete in that sort of game. But I mean, what Mbappe offers flying forward, especially if Arsenal want to push numbers, Mbappe could be a really good like counter-attacking threat. And if his delivery is good, I'd back Mitrovic up against uh, Saliba and. Gabriel. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Max, we, yesterday we saw the debut of Bernd Leno and the Premier League debut of Jay Stansfield. What do you make of their both of their performances yesterday? Stansfield started very bright, but faded, which is you know to be expected of a, of a teenager making it his first start in the league uh, in the Premier League. I, I thought you know as you guys mentioned, he played a key role in that first goal. And he had a lot of really bright running throughout the match. And he's playing in a position that's not his favorite position, you know. But I think in the Premier League, he's definitely got a lot more chances out wide than he will down the middle in the in the number nine, not number nine role, which makes sense, but considering with Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really impressed by his sense. He's he's someone who has that you know air about him of a young player who just will give all he has and has that extra kick of pace, which is a great combination for someone. I remember he, he in the first half he had a really great opportunity when he, he stole the ball just through hard pressing, which Silva will love, and actually got in a good position and you know dilly dallied a bit too long on the ball, cut inside and got a shot blocked. But you know with more time, with more experience, more confidence, he takes that shot early or cross early as a goal. Uh, but you know I think at the end it's clear he was tiring, um, and it made sense to to take him off for carry. As for Leno, uh, I 
I thought he was good. I don't think he made any saves that, you know, wowed me. Um, but I don't know. He did definitely didn't make any huge errors. Uh, but I think it makes sense that he's going to be the number one ahead of Rodak. You know, I, I love Rodak. Great servant for the club. You know, been with us for a long time. But if we want to stay in the league, we have to make those tough decisions. And I think starting Leno over Rodak, even though Rodak hasn't made any errors this year, you know, mm-hmm. you can't really fault him for anything that's happened to us. But that's just the way the Prem is. You're going to have to go with the big money signing, the big name, the more experienced keeper if you want to stay up. Yeah. Now, just got, touching on Brentford's first goal from the corner, which was just before half-time. Now I'm backtracking here a little bit. There was a, a situation where there was two Fulham players and three Brentford players, which then led to Norgard getting a, a free shot on goal from 10 yards, which was bizarre because there was no one within you know, two metres of him. Is that something, would you say, that Leno probably should have seen? Because I see a few people on Twitter saying he should have, you know, he should have, made more of an effort to get someone out there to say, look, go and make it three on three. Um, but what's your thoughts on that, Max? Yeah, that's that, that's an interesting shout. You know, as, as a keeper, you're right. You have to marshal your own area. The way I saw it, though, was was honestly more of the defensive breakdown. That's, that's on the defenders of the pitch. It looked like uh, we had a player trying to get out to pressure Norgard, but the, a Brentford player, like, set a pick, you know, stood in front of him. Something, you know, we like to do quite a bit as, as, on the full set pieces which works to great effect. So I'm not sure if, if the keeper's to blame there, but, you know, it, it's, an, it's an interesting thought and it could definitely be the effect of it's been his first full start for the team. doesn't have the same relationship with the back four that Rodak does. So, yeah, that could be. But to be fair, it was a very well, very well worked set piece. And yeah. the finish, I don't like to give Brentford credit, but that was just spanked in off the volley first time. You have to give credit there. That's a very good goal. Yeah, we have to give credit where credit's due. And even if it is them, I think there's no point being bitter about it. <laughs> um, but Frankie, one thing I want to ask you, and it's, it is concerning me, is the form of tossing Adarabayo at the minute. I think he looks, he looks a bit unsteady and he's probably our weak link in our back line. What have you made of his start of the season so far? And in particular yesterday? Yes. Uh, yeah. What What to say about about Tosin? It does feel like he's he's strange in that he's probably our most physically imposing defender. Doesn't really play like it, which is probably something that Diop would provide. He's got that size and plays like he's that big. Tosin plays like Aaron Hughes. He's uh he, he kind of almost wants to sweep more, which is bizarre considering he's what six four. Hmm. Um. And he's and he's massive. He had a really tough game against uh, Tony yesterday. Um, he obviously had that moment at Wolves with Rodak, a bit of a mix-up um, against Liverpool. He had that moment where Tim Ream sort of flicked the header, but if Tossin hadn't gone to challenge it, there wouldn't have been a <laughs> there wouldn't have been an issue there. He'd been able to stand where he was and clear the ball. He's had moments that have cost us have cost us points in the Liverpool game really could have done today with uh, even the Tony goal that was uh, ruled out offside. He was, he was turned like he was uh, like Tony was a different level as if it was messy on the other side of the ball. (laughs) It is, uh, it is quite concerning, but I do, I do, I don't, I don't quite know how to say it. Like he has these moments, but he's, he seems to feel like he's almost in the team for more of his distribution of the of the ball. Passing from the back is superb, and I don't think that's anything that 
anyone else in the side provides. Like Tim Ream's very good at the short passes, but when Tossin can, he's got the vision and the range to play crossfield balls, to play through balls from centre half. But ultimately, he's a defender, and he has he has to be better, otherwise we will lose points this season through through a mistake, and that is how it goes. Uh, in the Premier League, luckily we've not been punished too badly yet, but it is a bit of a concern concern for me. But I'm I'm happy to give him a couple more games. It will be an interesting test, Arsenal against Gabriel Jesus, who may play more on on to Tossin's strengths. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting interesting watch, but. I just want to see him impose himself a bit more. Yeah. So yesterday we got that first win. So that's now five points in three games. Max, how important is it now? Now we've got that first win to, to push on. And what, what do you expect out of the next four games looking forward? Yeah, I mean, first of all, five points in three matches, fourth in the league. What a start to the season. Mm-hmm. And especially with Liverpool at home the first match, and especially given the squad, I think we really have to take a step back and look at the squad and the unlucky breaks we've had with the injuries. I mean, that starting three, if you told me we'd be starting Stanfield, Mitro, and Deckard Overeem in the Premier League in our third match, yeah, I, I would have been astounded. I would have said, what's gone wrong? You know, are, are we bottom, you know, losing yeah. every game? I mean, You'd be worried, not, you? Yeah, you have to be honest. That's not a Premier League starting three. No. And it's credit to Marco Silva that he's he's taken the side and marshaled them where they are. And let's also look at the flip side. If you told me we'd have a back four, essentially unchanged in the championship, which is you know Tosin and Reem and Tete and Robinson, I also would have been worried. I mean that that's it's actually amazing that we are in this position where we are considering the angst of, from the supporter base, myself included, over you know the players we have. Now we have signed people in defense, but they they can't. They haven't taken the place away from the starter. So I think all that being said, that five points from three matches to be fourth in the league is a great achievement. I think the squads really surprised me. Um, I think there's a lot more there than maybe we thought in, in defense. And the next four matches, as you mentioned, are going to be tough. You know, we're playing some of, some of the best teams in the league. But considering what we did to Liverpool, I, I'm not too worried. You know, this, this Fulham team feels different. You know, we're, we're not pushovers. And we're certainly as solid, I think, as we were under the Parker tenure in terms of the defense, but the attack has so much more, you know, free reign to it. We, we can actually score goals. I mean, what was the stat? I think we scored nine goals at home all of that last Premier League season. And we're already up to five this season. Mitro's already uh, matched his goal total for the entire of that 2020-21 season. All these data points give me confidence that even though we're going through a tough stretch, this team, I mean, it, it feels like we believe we deserve in the Premier League. Whereas back in 1819 and 2021, we kind of knew we didn't belong. And I think that's that togetherness, that's that Silva Fosters, um, that, that's going to help us this year. So, you know, I, I feel confident, um, you know, we're going to have to dig deep and defend, but, you know, we've shown we can do that. It's funny what you what happens when you play to your, your strikers' strengths, isn't it, Frank? <laughs> and um, I, I suppose I'll ask you the same question. You know, how important was that first win? And what do you expect from the next four? Because we do have to go away to Arsenal and Spurs, and we do have Brighton at home who aren't no mugs. They've been fantastic at the start of the season and were fantastic for a big part of last season. And then we obviously play the squatters in SW6 um, on the, the the last of those four games. What are you expecting? Yeah, I think the main thing is it puts us into a position now where we 
we can go into these next four games and maybe draw a couple rather than you do maybe half expect losses against the big three and a win at Brighton. We can go in there. We can maybe draw a couple that put us on seven points after seven games. I'd be okay with that going into a nicer run pre in, into October. Um, but yeah, it gives us that, it gives us a platform to build off, which I think is most important. Previous seasons we've been, we've been chasing from the first game. I think it was the, the 10th game in, 2021 that we actually ended up with this many points uh, and I think it was the sixth um, in 2018 uh, by that point our goal difference was already way behind we're so far ahead of where we've been in previous years we actually have a platform to build off we're not already chasing uh, chasing those points for safety um, so yeah we can go into there and see a point uh, Arsenal was massive, not that, oh, we're being dragged further away from the teams in front of us. Yeah, and the next sort of few days with the transfers in, in particular is going to be important for us, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, to think we've, we've not yet played Issa Diop and Babu hasn't started. Uh, Harry Wilson's been injured all year. We've got five minutes of Solomon. Leno's just had his first start and we've potentially got William, Neil Mopay on his way, uh, Justin Cliver as well. Um, it's really going to help strengthen the squad considering what, considering the squad issues. I mean, Max hinted it earlier. It was a great point. Yesterday's team was three players away from last year's championship team. Even then, you could say Kenny Tete was dropped for Nico Williams. He was our backup right back in the championship, <laughs> and and we're doing what we're doing now. I mean, give all. I mean, Marco Silva can have the keys to Craven Cottage, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he he's doing more out of this squad than Slav did, and I love Slav. Than Scott Parker did, and I hate Scott Parker. Um, <laughs> but his ability to improve players week on week, year on year, month on month, and do more with less has been seriously impressive. And you just got to back him. Give him the keys to the college. Tony Khan, let him do what he wants. You just sit there and you assist him and then do AEW on Wednesday nights. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even want him to assist him. I'm happy for him to just, just focus on the wrestling and leave football, <laughs> fo football people to make footballing decisions. So in terms of yesterday... Um, Max, I'll start with you with this. How did you celebrate a 90th minute winner and what did a, the, the remainder of the day sort of have in store for you? Yeah, yeah, I feel like mine's, mine's pretty unique uh, compared to you guys. But, you know, I was, I'm actually here in Nashville, uh, in Tennessee, visiting my brother. He just had his, his first child. So we were watching on, on the TV in his house and I went absolutely mental screaming and they're like, the baby, the baby. I'm like, Demetrius just scored a winner. I mean, that's what you want me to do. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, Fulham Fulham kit went out, went out for a hike uh, with them. And you know, I don't think anyone here even knows what Fulham is, but that's okay. I, I had a great day. Um, and it's so nice. I mean, it's, it is really is a different uh, vibe. Just to give you guys a sense of it, because the match is in the morning. So, you know, you wake up, Fulham's on right away. It's great. And then the result really dictates the rest of your day massively. So the fact that it's a win, a win in the morning, just makes the day. Perfect. So yeah, it was it was a really nice day here. The um, your so your brother's child is I'm guessing a Fulham fan now, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She has a <laughs> Fulham. Uh, but she wears this Fulham like onesie, and it's amazing. It has like Billy the Badger on it. I'm like, this is great. 
<laughs> See, that's that's job job done, Max. Job done. exactly. <laughs> Frankie, what about you? How did <laughs> you celebrate? Unfortunately, train strikes. We won't go into a whole political decision for train uh, discussion either. Train strikes meant I couldn't make it to the cottage yesterday. So I was on dodgy websites, no doubt, getting a load of malware and all sorts of viruses on my computer. I had Paul Merson on Soccer Saturday in the background. I was finding out about the goals two minutes before they happened on my stream. The game hadn't kicked off. Paul Merson saying there's been a goal already. It was chaos. Um, but unfortunately, the day wasn't as it was probably quite similar to Max's. It was a it was an at home celebration. Um, And then, and then in the evening, I had to work. So it was nothing. Uh, it was nothing too exciting, really. But uh, yeah, it, it was like it felt like I was there when Mitrovic scored that header. It was um, it was unbelievable. It was, it was that. It was just euphoria. It was rushing through you. I mean, I don't do drugs, but Fulham is one, isn't it? Like bloody It is. hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible addiction there, uh, Fulham. But one one thing I would say is is the, now the clappers have gone, and I know a few people have picked up on this. Now the clappers have gone from the cottage. The atmosphere for the last two games has just been fantastic. And from a personal note, I hope that continues for the remaining seventeen home games um, because it it does it must make a difference. And the players being able to to get that support because, as you rightly pointed out, Frankie, we've been playing catch up a lot of the times in the last two seasons we've been in the Premier League. Um, so to get the fans on board now, and to get the cottage buzzing, um, excuse the pun, you know it is important. And you know the players have answered to that. We've you know taken five points against two very good teams in Liverpool and Wolves. We've got the bragging rights again with with Brentford um, and me personally I just can't wait for Arsenal and just see us challenge ourselves again away from the cottage against the most informed team in the league and I just hope we can you know I don't feel we're going to be destroyed many times throughout the season I think we're going to be competitive in 95% of the games that's just the way we are under Silva but we you know we do need to shore up the uh, the goals against Colin moving forward but thank you both for joining me um on this lovely sunday afternoon but max it's different for you because it's in the morning <laughs> so i uh i do appreciate you getting up early to come on um <laughs> and yes enjoy the rest of the week gentlemen cheers cheers Alan good chatting to you boys thank you yeah it's great great time i did you on the show thanks guys <laughs> many more to come max yeah <laughs> great <laughs> take care gents